Good morning. Welcome everyone on this beautiful day. We needed the rain, didn't we? Our announcements this morning. Uh, we have the rummage sale coming on, and let me tell you, we have a lot of stuff for the rummage sale and more coming. Um, sorting will start on Monday, August 1st. If you could stay after on the 31st and help us get tables set up, et cetera, that would be very helpful. Um, school supplies, we're starting together. Um, you know about the Mud Hens game on the 10th. Um, a cry craft club. We always need help in the garden. Um, everyone seems to be enjoying having coffee with us after worship. Please check the sign-up sheet for open weeks. Do you know where, does everyone know where it's posted? It's on the wall to your right as you come into the entry and then around there. We're, we've got a lot of blank spaces. And um, we really need people to sign up so that no one has to think, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Because if you don't, you end up with Girl Scout cookies or Oreos. <laughs> so if you want more than that, if you could just sign up so that we can count on that, that would be very helpful. Um, the meal train is being set up for Paul and Wilda. Um, they'll be taking meals on Mondays and Fridays, delivery for around 6. Uh, it says, please make small portions. They don't eat much. No lasagna. So evidently, they have been bombarded with lasagna, I imagine. Um, if you don't know how to use the QR code or how to do this, you can get a hold of Lisa. Um, we will not have our Sunday morning with Mike coffee next week because he will be gone but we will start again the next Sunday. Sheila, did you have an announcement? Next week, um, when we do the moving of all the stuff from the garage, we will not have a regular coffee hour. However, we will be serving pizza and salad. So um, if you can come, wear your comfy clothes, ready to move. As Diana said, we have a lot of stuff in the garage to move in to the church. And we're going to put it in the narthex so that we can set up our tables on Monday before we start sorting. Also, on Wednesday when I was in the office, we received a call wanting to know whether the church wanted to participate in Fall Festival. We must make a decision today. The, de the deciding factor is whether we have enough people who are willing to volunteer to be in a booth for three days. So I have a sign-up list. If you could give us a couple hours, maybe each of those days, or four hours on one day, or whatever works for you, we'd love to have a booth because that puts us out in the community. And we need to let the community know we're here and what we're all about, and that's a nice way to do it. So if you can find, if you think you can help us September 23rd, 24th, and 25th, please see me after worship. Thank you. Um, veggies are coming in right now, and zucchini is prolific.
<laughs> so if you um, like to bake, and please take some for yourself too, but if you like to bake, um, take what's out there and bake some zucchini bread for the rummage sale. That would be great. Anyone else? Okay. If you could all please stand and join me in the call to worship. God of peace, peace. you have you taught, taught us that, that in returning to you, we shall be saved. By the might of your spirit, lift us to your presence. Let us be still and know that you are God. Please join us in hymn 144, This is My Father's World. someone with a smile and a kind word. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you. 
How y'all doing? Anybody got a joy? Yeah, we're here. Okay, thank you for being here. Yes. All right, yes. Did I hear you, Marla? <laughs> Tomorrow, your house. Yes. Go ahead. I have kind of a joy. My nephew dipped his back wheel in the Atlantic Ocean on his bicycle and his front wheel in the Pacific Ocean. He pedaled across the country. All right. <laughs> Woohoo! Extend our congratulations to him. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Can't wait for you to come back. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, surprise, it's surprising who we miss, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I wish there were ways to make it easier. One step at a time. It's okay, you can cry. Okay. I have I have a I have a friend that for ten years he fed himself because he had a bag and he couldn't swallow. 
okay? And we saw a miracle after 10 years. He came to Bob Evans, sat down, and ate biscuits and gravy. Okay? Yes, he had to wait. It seemed like forever. But one step, one day at a time. And I know that's not easy. I know that's not easy. Other joys, concerns. We have a, a, a couple. Um, Jay's sister Susan is starting radiation therapy. Alice's sister Nancy is in assisted living. And uh, Patricia um, is, um, has been admitted, uh, I think her name is pronounced Dude, Duda, Duty, okay, Duty, um, has been admitted to hospital and will be there for a while, so do keep her in your prayers. Any others? Let's bow together in prayer, shall we? Our blessed Jesus, what can we say? You walk among us. You did it in a body just like ours. And you still walk amongst us as risen Lord. So many things come into our lives, so many changes. Some of them are blessings. But one of the things, oh Lord, we find out is blessings, even though they're good, bring their own strains and stresses. And then there's the other stuff that's just plain hard to deal with. There are things, oh Lord, that go wrong with us in our bodies, in our minds. They just don't go away real easily. There are times we pray and we don't understand the reasons that things stay the way they are. We know that you can do all things. We pray that you will do what we most need for you to do in our lives today. There are those of us, O oh Lord, it's indescribable work just to be here. There are those that we know that we wonder how long they'll be with us. O oh Lord, be the bridge of love between us all. And bring us all together again finally in that blessed kingdom for which we pray every time we join in the words you taught us to say.
our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We have a challenge. It's not just our challenge here. It's a challenge the world over. It's the challenge to be the church. It doesn't mean a building. It means people being together, being the body of Christ. This morning in a field in Kenya, a person that I connect with through the internet is in a Maasai village. He walked 20 miles last night to bring the gospel this morning. His goal is to build a church. There's already 25 people. They've already dug a toilet, the first toilet in the village. And they're working on putting up a roof so that they can worship when it rains. Being the church means many different things in many different places in the world. Being the church here in the U.S., is real complicated. Real complicated. Because how do we figure out the ways we can look and be like Jesus in the mess that we live in? Would you join me in prayer? Blessed Jesus, you have worked in our lives to make us your church. That means we are your body. You are the head of the body. Help us to do what you want your body to do. Make us to know that we, your church, do not exist for our own sakes. We are here to be witnesses to you and to serve others. Help us to realize that you call us from the world to send us back into the world. Keep us from using up our energies and resources on our own comfort and spiritual development. Heal our blindness. Let us see where you are set to work in the world. Let us join you there. Help us know that you are leading all people to the blessedness of your kingdom. Let us understand that you make yourself known. 
wherever the gospel is translated into languages of people who could not read it before, wherever people are taught to read it, wherever folks share with others in word and deed the comfort from you with which they themselves have been comforted, remind us again that you send us to fulfill the good news among all people, to point to you and not to ourselves, to live your life by our deeds as well as our words. Amen. If you're able, would you stand for the Gloria? seated. Martha, do you have a music selection for anthem? Do you have music for an anthem? Okay, no worries. Would the children come, please? It's okay. Pick a, pick a place. <laughs> Thank you. It's slowly and slowly been the kids just sitting up here now. I know. Things change, sometimes slowly, sometimes fast. Okay? It really doesn't make a lot of difference to me whether we sit on the floor or not. The only difference it makes is I have a more difficult time getting up than you do. Now, let's see. My wife says too many. So you have two? No. I have a ton of hats. Oh, so you have two hats more than you do? I have about 60 hats. More than my wife thinks I need. I have caps. I have straw hats. I have felt hats. I have caps, baseball caps, fishing hats, cowboy hats. I have a bush hat from Australia. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are, are too young to know who Tro Crocodile Dundee is. Some of the older ones know. Well, well we're, not that, we're not that young that we don't know about the Zulu War. Well, not... See, I have to be careful, okay? 
And the reason I have to be careful is because I find myself talking about stuff that happened before other people were born. Okay. Olivia knows, has already heard me say this. I was born B.C. Yeah, I was. No, before computers. I was born before computers. The world has changed. It does in my life. That, that's when you're reading history. But when you're reading my personal history, oh, look who's here. Come on down. Woohoo! Okay. In my personal history, it means before computer. Okay. Um, I'm thinking about it, but not part of this. Maybe after the service. Now, let me entertain you. Oh, wait a minute. That's a bad movie. <laughs> Made before you were born. <laughs> Can you tell what that is? Earth. It's in, it's in, you guys, there, it, right here it looks like a mini bowling ball because it has three holes in it. In the yeah. It's a mini bowling ball. Uh, no. It's a mini earth. Okay. Wait. It's a mini earth. Okay, you, is this earth? Yes. So we're genuine? Yes. No, no, no. That's the ant's earth. Not, not our earth. No, it. It's earth, and actually, okay, earth is yours, okay? Simply because you live now, you can travel further, see more than almost two-thirds of the people that ever lived. You can get on an airplane. You can get in a car. You can get on Google. You can do it that way. Well, Wikipedia is good, but you've got to check the sources. Well, yeah, and sometimes the community is good. Sometimes the community doesn't know what it's about. Sometimes the community says if, if you somehow have, like, let's say you stubbed your, you, your toe, you're going to die. Well, yeah, and sometimes you feel like you're going to. But most often you don't. Okay, so... In a very real way, the earth is in your hands. It's in your hands. 
No, it's in your hands. Yes, it is. It's in your hands. Now, one of the things the big people probably should do is give you an apology. Because the world we're giving you isn't as good as the one we got. I'm sorry about that. No, it's worse. So, well, let's put it this way. Some things are better. Okay? See, because when I was your age, there weren't computers. No, there were cars. I wasn't... That, B, B, BC is not before car, cars. Okay? But, you know... I mentioned earlier about, about a friend in Kenya, okay? And see, if you decide to, you could go to Kenya. If you decide to, you could go to China, yeah. Did you? I bet. Yeah. And those are things that we would not have if the world had not changed. Was cereal a thing when you were born though? Different kinds of cereal. It was cereal. Okay. What do, what cereal do you eat? It's okay if he did. You did? Yeah. Okay. What kind? Oreos. Oreos? Oreo cereal. You're making the big people jealous. They were just, they were cookies. And only cookies. Okay. And see, I, I, I can, everybody stand up and look at the big people. Okay, I'll, I'll stand up. Now look at the big, big people. How many of the big, you big people had a moon pie growing up? Look at the reaction. <laughs> That's the difference between their world, one of the differences between their world and yours. Now, I'm going to do something. God has given you this world. Okay? And I have some coins in my hand. Pick a coin. Aren't they all the same? Nope. Oh, it may not be a quarter. Do I'm going to do a dollar coin. Okay. Now, sometime today, have someone help you read the coin. Mm -hmm. It's got a, you got a one on it, but it's got other stuff on it too. 
Okay. Uh huh. From where? Wouldn't be from Hong Kong, would it? What? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Okay. So you have you have a job, and your job is to take your coin, find out where it's from. <laughs> and go there. What does that mean? Hey, you were looking for a quarter. You got you got more than you bargained for. Uh, <laughs> this is a dime. No, I don't think it's a dime. Uh oh. Now, now the, the the moment you've been waiting for. Well. I'm glad he does. I'm entertaining, I know. Thank you. Uh -huh. Thanks for the praise. You're welcome. That's yours. Keep that. Make your mom and dad crazy with it. Give me a few more hours. I'll find one. You found one. It's in there. Just give me a few more hours. No. Okay, big people. Think about the world we've given these kids. Oops, there you go. Lots of choices, yeah. Think about the world we've given these kids. Okay. Think about the world we got. Think about the world God gave us all. You know the primary reason God invented people? Was to tend the garden. How's your garden doing? The what the, the, the garden here the garden here at the church is making lots of zucchini. <laughs> I'll shut up. You can take the offering. <laughs> and Lisa, I won't put any of these coins in the offering. Almost.
God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, all of ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Lord, we thank you. We needed the rain. We need some more. We thank you for all the gifts that you've given us. And we, now we bring our gifts to you. We bring them, O oh Lord, like the young person brought the loaves and fishes. By themselves, our gifts are not enough. But in your hands, they're more than enough. Hear our prayer. Amen. Now, if you closed your hymnal, I'm going to ask you to reopen it to across the page, 145. Has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has spoken like the first bird. <clears throat> praise for the singing, praise for the morning, praise for them springing fresh from the world. The rain new fall, sunlit from heaven, like the first dewfall on the first grass. Praise for the sweetness of the wet garden, sprung in completeness. Where his feet pass. Mine is the sunlight, mine is the morning, born of the one light, Eden softly. Praise with elation, praise every morning. God's recreation of the new day. Thank you, beautifully sung. Better than Rod Stewart. The scripture for this morning is taken from 1 Thessalonians. And we'll be reading from chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. 
Now concerning love of the brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anyone write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do love all the brothers and sisters throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, beloved, to do so more and more, to aspire to live quietly, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands as we directed you, so that you may behave properly toward outsiders and be dependent on no one. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I wondered where that pen got to. Tourist bureaus are about getting people to come to places. Often the bureaus don't talk about the specifics of that place. Instead, they talk about it as a good feeling. They'll talk about it as a state of mind. Okay? You go to Florida, you go to a Florida state of mind. You go to California, you go to a California state of mind. You come to Michigan, it's pure Michigan. <laughs> you, get what you, you get what you get and you take what you get. Now, <clears throat> the founder of Philadelphia went further than that. He named the city after a spiritual state. The city is named Brotherly Love. A Quaker, William Penn, wanted the city to be the center of a utopia. It was meant to be a place where people could live like New Testament Christians. We mostly don't hear about that in history. William Penn was a radical, just like the Puritans that founded Plymouth Rock were radical. The Plymouth Rock dream gets lots of press. The Pennsylvania one doesn't. Okay. What would it mean for Clinton United Methodist Church to be a utopia where people can live like first century Christians, alive with the Spirit? Notice I'm not giving you an answer. 
Now, what's important is Philadelphia, the spiritual state. It's one that the Apostle Paul talked about from early in his ministry. I was sharing with the, the people that, that came out for um, Bible study this morning. Um, our focus is on Mark, but most people aren't aware that 1 Thessalonians was probably written before Mark was. 1 Thessalonians is probably the oldest Christian writing that we have. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians may be his first Christian writing. It was probably done around 45 A.D. Some think that it is older than the Gospels. Sadly, none of the New Testament writings are clearly dated, and there's no way to know for sure which came first. 1 Thessalonians is very important. It's Paul's effort to encourage and guide the second church he started in Greece. Paul had become very worried about the Thessalonians. They were being persecuted. Paul was concerned his hard work among them would come to nothing. Things in Thessalonia had gotten to the place where, oh, you're a Christian? Hold still, let me hit you with a rock. Paul had broken all the rules in Thessalonica. He supported himself with his trade, tent making. He didn't take any money for his preaching. I've aspired to that, but I've never pulled it off. Oh, come on. Unlike others, Paul didn't make his preaching a business. Rather than a few days, Paul had stayed for months. When Paul left, the Thessalonian Christians had family, friends, and business associates turn against them. They were snubbed as political radicals and atheists. Can you imagine you being considered an atheist because you only believe in one God? Christians were considered atheists. Paul sent Timothy to check on him. Timothy brought back a pretty good report. So Paul wrote them to encourage them to keep up the good work. The Christians were a bit like us today. Those Christians lived in a morally confused society. People were mostly dishonest. Does that sound familiar? They were violent. Hmm. They were self-indulgent. They were irresponsible. Did I touch on anything that isn't familiar to us now? It all sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? Paul said to them in Thessalonica some things we need to hear today. He talks about Philadelphia. He talks about the spiritual state that Christians need to always be in. It's a state of love for brothers and sisters in Christ. It's the kind of love 
that has some specific responsibilities. Now, I grew up in a church where everybody was either a brother or a sister. If you happened to be male, you were a brother. If you happened to be a sister, okay, or a woman, you were a sister. All right? Now, it would be wonderful if people, the people amongst whom I grew up, treated each other with dignity, respect, but most often they were feuding siblings. This is my sister. I want to introduce you to my brother. He's sharp. Paul talks about the spiritual state that Christians need to always be in. It's a state of love for brothers and sisters in Christ. This love has the responsibility to help in trouble to stand with and take on the load. We are never in a single yoke, people. See, we miss metaphors that we used to have. Things go, go as planned. I'm going to afflict you with the yoke sermon. And I'll bring in my yoke. It's a double yoke. Okay? Anybody, anybody besides me remember watching animals work in a double yoke? Okay. You ever see one mule kick another because it, he wasn't pulling his load? <laughs> I saw that. I didn't believe it, but I saw it. In trouble to stand with and take on the load, to pull in the yoke. In pain to suffer along with. In tears to cry along beside. In poverty to offer relief. This love has the responsibility to be hospitable. It shares both table and roof. It makes others feel at home and part of the family. This love has the responsibility to nurture, to guide, and the hardest one of all is to forgive. Ever increasing in love for brothers and sisters, Paul told the Thessalonians that they already had a great deal of love, and that was quite a compliment. You all have quite a bit of love. But this world is a nasty place, folks. And there are people all around us who feel like they're in this all alone. And no one cares. However, Paul told them to increase in love, that they should keep on increasing in love. In our language, it's kind of difficult to translate this because Greek has what's known as a progressive tense. You're doing this, okay, but I want you to keep on doing it in the future. I am doing and will continue to do. One word, 
in Greek. Okay, the progressive tense. You had your Greek lesson. There will be no test. So, we can never have enough love. And think, another Greek word, agapeo. We don't have a good English word to translate it anymore. We translate it love. How many meanings does the word love have? <laughs> Oops. Hey, think about it and think about it and think about it. Who are we talking about, Mike? What are we talking about? Back in, Italy, in Middle English, we did have a word. The word was charity. It means something totally different now. Charity meant to get past yourself to reach out to someone else. That was charity's definition. Not a handout. The focus was getting past ourselves to reach out to others. How does one do that? Did I ever tell you that, that, that I was administrator at the Chelsea United Methodist Retirement Community for a while? Get used to it. I'll tell you that lots of times because now I'm an old person myself. Okay. But you know the gift that, that the residents at the retirement community wanted the most? Listen. Listen. Okay? Don't ask me how am I doing if you're not going to take the time to listen. You've been there, Bill. <laughs> You've been there. Okay? Just listen. I heard for seven months, every day, I was greeted the same way by the same person. Okay? I would ask him, how are you doing? And he would set, his reply would be, everybody I can and the suckers twice. Then he would ask, have I seen you yet today? <sighs> Love builds up people. People build up the church. Paul knew that mostly things don't just happen. They have to be pursued. We need to be eager to have them. We need to nurture them. This is especially true of love in the form of charity. That is the meaning of study in the scripture. 
As we study to grow in charity, we are also to study quietness. The word here means rest and silence. Activity is only one of the normal parts of life. Quietness is one of the others. For the better part of four years, I was part of a Quaker community. You know what international sign language for Quaker is? It's what Quakers do when they sit in silence. Their worship is silent. We can't live fully simply by doing more and more. Sometimes the most alive thing we can do is rest. It's to just be quiet in body, mind, and spirit. Activities and sounds too often drown out who we really are. To rediscover ourselves, we need quiet. We need silence. To hear the voice of God, we need to be quiet. That can be immensely difficult. We all carry voices in our heads. We all carry voices in our heads. We all carry other people in our heads. A friend of mine went to... Um, a spiritual retreat, and, and the speaker said, every morning I get up and I look in a bathroom mirror. I look myself in the eye and I say, everybody out. Good advice. To hear ourselves think, to recognize our feelings, we need to be quiet. If we can't be quiet and in silence, maybe we're hiding from ourselves and from God. We are to study doing our own business. That means we take time to figure out what is our own and not someone else's business. Life gets a lot simpler once we figure out whose problem something really is. It's not that we're nonchalant and just say, oh, not my problem. It's my problem if there's something I want and I don't know how to get what I want done. It's my problem. I can ask somebody else to help me with my problem, but it's not their problem. God calls us to take care of our own business and not everybody else's. A clergy colleague of mine person I dearly love. I could tell how much he loved me because he would listen. And often 
he would listen sometimes for an hour or more at a time. And when I would shut up, he would say, you know, Mike, it sounds like you got a problem. And you know what? It's yours. Was he being cruel? No. Was he being irresponsible? No. He was being real. He was being real. Jesus put it this way. How is it you can see the speck in your friend's eye, but you don't notice the log you got stuck in your own? You want to look it up? It's Luke 6.41. And we are to study working with our own hands. This means making an honest living. It means no dishonest or illegal gain. Working with our own hands assures us of our own self-worth. Growing in love includes deportment. You show how old you are if you remember deportment on your grade card. I never got better in a C. <laughs> we don't talk about deportment much anymore. It's the way we basically behave. Christians are to walk to deport themselves honestly. That means without the need to hide, to apologize, to be timid, or to be cowardly. Honesty is a packed word, folks. Deportment is about our witness. Witness doesn't mean that we blab all the time. Witness means that when other people look at us, they see Jesus. We live in such a way that others see Jesus in us. Paul ends his words about Philadelphia with something reassuring. He leaves us with the impression that once we reach Philadelphia, the spiritual state of love for the brothers and sisters, we will lack for nothing. I don't think that Paul was merely talking about material things. I think he meant spiritual things like happiness, joy, contentment. In every age, Christian life has been very hard. It was hard back in 45 AD. It is hard in 2022 for very different reasons. I was reading an article this week. Do you know that churches, including evangelical churches, supposedly conservative churches, are hemorrhaging young people? People under 40. Since the, the last major poll and we're talking about thousands of people, not just a couple hundred, thousands of people. 10% no longer attend or associate with church if they're under 40 years old. 
I was really surprised. 60%, the last census, 60% of the people that live in Clinton do not associate with the church. Any church. We're at a point where we're not talking about sheep stealing. We're talking about people who do not have a place where they feel safe spiritually. Do you feel safe here? My goal, personally, is to help us all feel safe spiritually here. And for whoever comes through the door, to know in undeniable terms, God loves them and so do I. If we keep our eyes on Jesus and on Philadelphia, not the place, the spiritual condition. We can be victorious too. Can I hear an amen? amen. Uh, not loud enough. Clinton ain't hearing you. Almost. We're going to have to work on it. We're going to have to work on it. The preacher is done. I did five minutes better than last week. Shall we gather at the river? your bulletin I managed to lose mine 723 gather at the river with its crystal tide forever flowing by the throne of God yes we'll
join me in the benediction. Now, O Lord, go with us and strengthen us, that through us the gospel might be shown and fully known, and that all our neighbors might hear. Deliver us from every evil work, and preserve us until we see the kingdom in its fullness. God of peace be with us. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Her tune's better. Thank you, Martha. Beautifully.